Welcome to the People Leaders Podcast, the audio resource for managers and business leaders creating high-performing teams. Join leadership and team development experts Jan and Michelle Turkelson each week as they explore both subjects from every angle. Through practical tips, valuable insights, and compelling interviews with leadership experts around the world, you'll learn how to bring out the best in your staff and how to give your best as a leader. Welcome back, Jan. Thanks, Michelle. Big day today. Yes, indeed. Today, we're wrapping up our series of the People Leaders High Performing Team Assessment Tool, and we're going to enter the eighth dimension, which is renewal as it relates to high-performing teams. And a couple of the other podcasts, Michelle, we talked about all the technical inputs that make a high-performing team, like the processes and the communication and the stakeholder relationships and and those elements. And when we first developed the high-performing team assessment tool, we didn't have this as an element, did we? And over the years, more and more clients are coming to us with issues around resilience, mental clarity and well-being. And what we have been very, very clear for our point of view is that high-performing teams can sustain a high level of performance. And the most important indicator of that is your health. So mental, emotional, physical well-being. Mm. That is what is going to help you sustain high levels of performance. It makes sense. Mm. But there is that science to um, support that as well Mm. so that the brain in positive is, you know, up to 31% more effective in their decision-making, in its ability to, you know, creatively solve problems. So the first element in renewal is that there are little to no barriers for team members to take advantage of organisational flexible work practices. So I don't think that there's one organisation at the moment that we know of that doesn't try in some way to you know, institute flexible work practices or they have health and wellbeing options available on site for people, whether it's taking advantage of gym, gym memberships, massages. We're working with clients now and they all have meditation rooms. However, how many people are taking advantage of it? So it's one thing to have these flexible work practices, but as a manager, are you encouraging your people to take advantage of them? Are you make, creating an environment where it's easy for them to take advantage of it? Are you actually almost giving them permission saying, how how are you? You, um, you know, I know you've got a lot, lot of pressure on at the moment. Why don't you go and have a, a little, um, you know, twenty-minute, um, you know, downtime in the meditation room or something like that? So it's not just about having them available, but it's the manager almost giving permission or encouraging people to take advantage. Oh, of I think being explicit, Michelle. Yeah. I think absolutely being explicit about this is my expectation for the team is to really look after their health and well-being. How can I support you? And these are some of the things that I would see. Mm. Uh, What we do know is that um, some of the teams that we have worked with that are high performing is that the manager does actively have those safety moments of mental well-being. Mm. So at the beginning of a meeting, they just do a bit of a check-in. Is how is everyone feeling? Um, What is it that they need to do more of and less of? And everyone helps 
and supports each other in that uh, resilience That's and well-being. really good point, Jan. Riff has this model, 1989, of psychological well-being where he talks about there are a number of factors that feed into someone's psychological well-being, like, you know, do you have environmental mastery? So that's, you know, do I, is there a degree of control that I have over my environment? You know, is there an opportunity for personal growth? Is there an opportunity to build positive relationships? Mm. You know, do I have a sense of purpose in life? Um and then it's, you know, more about me. Is there a degree of self-acceptance? And to what degree do I feel autonomous? So you can see how absolutely, as a manager, you could impact several areas of someone's psychological well-being. Just looking at that in terms of how much autonomy do they have over the work that they have? Are you helping them foster positive relationships, etc.? Is there an opportunity for personal growth mm. that exists within the team? Mm. So that Which is make, a- makes up a lot of the characteristics yeah. that we've talked about before in our podcast. You know, this is supported by evidence-based research, mm-hmm. all the elements that, we, that we've talked about. Mm. So in renewal, looking at the well-being aspects among team members, the workflow of the team is challenging it's realistic and it's sustainable. Now, there are going to be, um, I suppose, instances where the team really have to work perhaps long hours, but it's it's for a very short, definitive time frame for a specific outcome. But when the team is challenged in a way that um, allows them to explore their boundaries a little bit, that really does set people up for a good um, sense of meaning and purpose because mm. they're, they're, they're driven, but it has to be realistic as well. Correct. And then managers sometimes go, how do I work that out? You know how you work it out? You ask, ask them. them. Yeah. You consistently check in with your team you know like and what I mean consistently it may not be every day but at least it's at least once a week checking in with your team Mm. just touching base with them it doesn't have to take a long time but there is structure to those conversations the next aspect about renewal is that there are opportunities that exist within the day-to-day operations for team members to take advantage of self-renewal strategies and practices, just like we mentioned before. So is there an opportunity for me to take 20 minutes to go and walk? Um, if I sit at my desk and have lunch, is that seen as a great thing or is that seen as actually why don't you go outside and get some sun on you or sit around and share a meal at lunchtime? Remember we were talking, Michelle, you mentioned Mm. something yesterday about a manager who... Well, there is a manager who, in an organisation we're working with, who has lunch with with her team members every single day and... She doesn't, you know, uh, it doesn't stipulate that people should have lunch together. However, w- what is interesting is that, you know, harking back to an article reading before is I think there was an organisation uh, um, when they started taking coffee breaks at the same time, which they used to do, you know, years very ago, long, yeah. yeah, years ago, productivity went up because that was the opportunity for downtime, for relationship building, for those side conversations that don't happen in the formal meetings and their productivity went up, as is the case with this manager. She has great productivity. Other teams look at how well they're functioning. They're high-performing, highly engaged and really good um, uh, uh, performance uh you know, ratings. So it's working. 
another manager that I was coaching a little while ago and what he would do is he would have a team meeting every week and one would be a formal meeting where they go through what they're accountable for and responsible and what they need to to do to complete projects and then every second meeting would be he would bring in a plate of fruit or brownies or something delicious for morning tea and they would put on a TEDx video and they would watch that and so that and then they would discuss what that was about so there was a little bit of learning there was interaction it was a little bit informal and it helped the team to realize differences of opinion based on what that um, TEDx talk was about and usually the TEDx talks were about um, positive communication how to look after yourself well-being strategies and it's funny because if you have a look at the you know the attributes of a team that does have a culture of well-being because what they're saying is that well-being and engagement leads to high performance so there's a lot of data out there um, uh, suggesting that but the, some of the attributes that we'd find in a team that did have a culture of well-being where it did matter would be things like, you know, they value the whole employee, not just the person that clocks in at, you know, eight and finishes at four. It's There is a, a feeling of trust and or and trustworthiness. There's transparency. You know, it has an optimistic vibe about it. You know, there is resilience built in and flexible and they have a learning orientation to how... Um, you know, they move through their work day. And they invest. <laughs> yeah, they invest. So one of the other indicators on the high-performing team aspect of renewal is that team members are rewarded for their effectiveness and outcomes, so not just the amount of hours they spend at work. And this is very important in our line of work Michelle where we see Mm. teams that are very effective but it's all outcome based it's what they're actually you know producing it's not just about the time that they spend at work in front of people and what do you need for that you need trust Mm. Mm. and you you have a look at every organization now they are building in it's not actually where you work it's what you know, it's what you what you produce or the outcomes, you know, being measured by your outcomes and it doesn't occur by you sitting at your desk necessarily. So because we're a more highly educated workforce, we don't need to be monitored so closely by our supervisor looking over our shoulder. Those days are gone, mm. I hope. Yeah. Oh, and also, you know, Gen Wise wouldn't put up with that. They mm. absolutely need flexibility and freedom. Mm. And on our renewal aspect of high-performing teams, the conditions within the team allow team members the freedom to use their expertise and talents Mm. to add real value. And this is where this sense of meaning and purpose comes in because if you are not allowing team members to use their strengths and talents, first of all, you're just not getting the most out of them. You're not building their capability and you're not leveraging their strengths you're not building engagement. So there are just so many add-ons for this. Now, if I'm in a people leader position, the challenge for me is that, so how do I ensure that all my team members are using their strengths and talents? You ensure that by having conversations with them and you don't have to come up with all the answers. Part of that is in a performance conversation that you have with them every fortnight 
mm. around. So how are you um, tracking with some of your objectives and goals? How can I support you? Do you feel that you've been challenged enough? So if you were to be challenged more, what would that look like? You don't have to have the answers, but you actually ask the questions. And this is this coach approach mm. that you ask people for what it is that they want and ask them to solve those issues as well because this allows them to see where their opportunities are in the organisation and it shows them that you're giving or allowing them to solve their own issues. You know, that's empowerment. And, you know, empowerment is a key indicator of an engaged workforce. That's right. And what we do know is that well-being is a prerequisite to true engagement at work. And well-being and engagement does lead to high performance. Mm. And that's what every manager wants for their team. Yeah. A high-performing team. And as a people leader, you know, are you championing that? Are mm. you demonstrating and role-modelling that mm. in some way? Right. Like it doesn't mean, oh, you have to be a champion cyclist or whatever, but are you in some way looking after your mental health mm. or your physical or emotional health and are you in team meetings bringing those up in safety moments so a lot of the safety moments uh, can be about you know the, the the physical safety around fire exits and things like that but sometimes it is about the mental health so an exercise could be that today our team um our a challenge for us is that we are only going to speak positively this is our we're not going to talk about if we have a difficult stakeholder we are going to see the upside in every situation today and see whether or not that takes a lot of mental um, challenge and will to do that mm. the thing about some of these changes or improvements or tweaks to well-being is that it isn't rocket science and it doesn't have to take a very sort of you know well thought out plan they could be mini challenges that you set with the team each week you could all measure how how many steps you take in the course of a week you put what are those pedometers, pedometers yeah. on everybody hand them around for a week and you try that then you actually you know give it to somebody else to come up with something the next week and the next week yeah. i mean what an easy yeah. way but not only for you yeah to show that you care. And that reminds me a couple of years ago that that's what a team did is that they did have pedometers and then they mapped it because they're all techies and so they mapped <laughs> it and then they mapped it over the world if they were to walk across the world <laughs> and they just, you know, built on that. And it shows you care about them, yeah. about the whole person. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you um, hand over that responsibility to some other team member and then yeah. on it, on it goes. So yeah. everyone becomes engaged yeah. because they're a little bit of accountable for it. So that's what we would invite you to do is when you're listening to this, just think about if you were to just shift one thing slightly. Now, I'm just talking about a 5% shift here any or a 10% shift in a behavior or a mental um, state because anything more than that, it actually becomes quite stressful. So we want it to be um, a little bit challenging but not too much that you can continue it and it's sustainable. So what could you do personally for yourself and how could you contribute to the team's well-being and resilience in some way? Right. So that, that's their challenge for this week. And uh, we're really looking forward to our next 
um, session with you guys where we'll have um, yeah loads of stories and some research to support you to be either um, you know a high performer whether it's in a team as a people leader or someone who just wants to keep growing if you'd like more information about today's show or earlier episodes, please jump over to the peopleleaderspodcast.com where you'll find recordings of each of the episodes along with show notes and links to the other resources, including our high-performing team assessment tool. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the People Leaders Podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit us at peopleleaderspodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe for future episodes so you can continue your own leadership journey. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The People Leaders Podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.